0: Hey everyone, it's Tom Kradza and on this episode of the Your Life, Your Term show, we sit down with Pierre-Paul Turgeon, and his son Tony joined us, which made the episode even more special. Pierre-Paul, for those of you who don't know, lives out in Alberta. He, is, uh, he does a lot of multifamily investing training and he owns multifamily properties in Alberta so he's been very insightful for that market for a long time and they've been through a lot and in the last year I'm sure everyone's heard Alberta has changed a little bit so he he happened to be in town so he came in-house here we sat down with himself to get an update on what he's going through we talked about real estate and the economy and the whole bit and his son Tony gave us some perspective of his life and some of his thinking which was awesome as well and I need to warn you had some tequila on this episode and we didn't even really have that much tequila But I was feeling it for whatever reason at the end. So, if we go in circles at the end, it's probably the tequila. I'm totally blaming the tequila. So, that's what's going on in this episode. And if you are listening to this and you want some local real estate investing information for the greater Toronto area, this area here in Ontario, you can get the latest information that we're sharing off of our website at rockstarinnercircle.com. So we have free reports, we have free books, we have videos, podcasts like this. All of it is linked off rockstarinnercircle.com. You can also get on our weekly email, which goes out to tens of thousands of local investors. I guess it's actually people across Canada and some in the US as well, but it is predominantly in this particular area. You can get yourself on that weekly email distribution as well, and it's all available to you at rockstarinnercircle.com. That's enough with the intro. Let's get on with the show. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom
1: and Nick Caradza. Are you ready? Let's go. No,
0: that tequila is not uh, not not bad at, at all. I've never heard of this tequila, Pierre-Paul, but it's right. great tequila. It's, uh, Can you guys, Pierre, pull your mic. We're recording now, so pull right. your mic over. Close. Right? Yeah, nice and close. So, Tony, you're going to have to speak right into it. All right. So, we're here with Pierre-Paul Turgeon and his son, Tony. Tony, how old are you again? I'm 24. 24. Yeah. Um, wow flashbacks to 24. Mm-hmm. I didn't find it. I don't know if I knew what was going on in life at 24. I was starting to come out of the fog I fell into the fog of confusion and just not knowing what's going on in the world at about maybe 18, 17, 18. I started to come out of the fog at like 24 mm-hmm. um, but you I, I got like married it. at
2: 26 Italian lady I might say uh, but the thing that you didn't have we didn't have is internet right? Like, these kids are so smart, so intelligent. They know so much. They have access to so much information. So we didn't have that at, at our age.
1: Yeah, mind you, uh, I feel like I'm, I'm starting to come out of the fog as well. I, I feel that. <laughs> yeah, I, I can that. just
0: tell talking to you. But your you're, you're dad's right there. Like, we didn't have that. Like, you couldn't really build a context or framework like a global perspective was difficult unless you traveled a lot. You already seem well-traveled.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Um, why were you in Mexico? You were in Mexico for a month recently?
1: Yeah, I was there to uh, I have a lot of friends there that I went to university with. And so uh, one of them is a, a DJ for. It the, short,
2: Tony. You were at the party, the guys big nightclubs, no, clubs. but I mean,
1: <laughs> I, I, I love Mexican culture too. I love I love a lot of uh, you, you know Latin party. culture, and I was at a party for sure, for sure. And I like this. Your dad's I, I calling, you that. And Tony's trying to say it's no, Dad. I was funny. building a
0: global perspective on the world, and Mexico was a key ingredient in that.
1: I mean, I did meet some people though. Did some networking, you know. <laughs> You always gotta do that. Yeah, cool.
2: His cool. buddy is a DJ at clubs. Like he'd play at what two, three clubs a night. He doesn't don't.
0: have a French accent, so he he was. Where were you born?
1: I yeah. was born in Quebec. Yeah,
0: you were born in Quebec. Yeah, and then moved to Alberta at yeah, a yeah, yeah, young
1: age. a young age. When I was four. Yeah.
0: Oh, okay, because yeah, you don't pick that up from you at all.
1: Well, I, I guess I don't know. Yeah, and you speak French. <laughs> I speak French fluently. Spanish. Spanish fluently, not as good as French, though, but definitely. Like I, when I was it in just Mexico a month,
2: finances courses in Medellin, Colombia, a couple of years ago, for you know, just to do a semester. Uh,
1: Medellin, Colombia.
2: You, you heard isn't it?
0: Isn't that the cartel? Yeah, because I only know about it because yeah. of Netflix and oh, like drug cartels. Of course, <laughs> that's the place.
2: That's why so we're drinking were, uh, tequila today. Isn't
0: yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Are we having more tequila right now?
2: I, I think so. I, I'm always for. it. Oh, okay, yeah. Tequila. Let's. But I,
0: while we're doing this, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta tell me because. Um, I haven't really done the salt lime thing. We were so t- we t- talking about stir this.
2: Start with the tequila, salt, and finish with the lime. Cheers! Cheers! Salute! Cheers! Salute. Cheers!
0: Salute. Cheers! Cheers! Oh, well, the salt lime
2: combos—it's
1: so good, so good, so good. Wow.
2: So, Tony,
0: I'm just curious, what were you, why were you in Colombia? What were you doing there?
1: Uh, I did an exchange there for with my university. So, um, basically, uh, I, I was super fortunate to, to be able to do this. Um, they had a bunch of programs, international exchanges and, um, I could go basically anywhere in the world, and I chose Colombia because I don't know the tr- the culture attracted me. It's really rich culture, and I I'd been to um, South I'd traveled in South America before. Cut
2: the crap so. again. He went for the girls. You know that. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean. <laughs> oh my God, I'm listening
1: to this beautiful answer from
0: your son. are dad not, pipes in your cut I know, front. right?
1: <laughs> what is this? <laughs> I mean, of course, the girls are really beautiful there, but I'm not gonna deny it. But um. No, it's a really vibrant culture, and uh, you know, it's the, the they know how to enjoy life there. So, uh, and they had a really good finance school. So, um, I uh, I was I,
0: gonna make a job, yeah, a good finance school because they're doing a lot of drug money. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't. I think Columbia, to be fair, I think it's very different from the Columbia that we were watching on Netflix. Yeah,
1: but well, uh, I mean, there still are some aspects of that still. Like, there's, uh, I think, uh, there's a few. Um, oh, you could kids. feel it when you were there. Well, there was, uh, like, s- some kids would pull up to school in, like, Ferraris and stuff, so, I mean... Oh, wow. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay, got it. They're, okay. They're, their, their parents are... They're not working mid-dawn. Yeah, okay. <laughs> exactly.
0: So, but, and I, I want to ask your dad about some Canadian real estate stuff, but before we do that, so now being, a you know, in Mexico a little bit, in Colombia, how do you think that's affected you? Can you pick up on that at, at all? Or is it difficult to maybe even understand how it's affected you?
1: Uh, you know, I think traveling gives you a broader worldview you know it broadens your um the the amount of people you can associate with you know you you have a better understanding of where of how people think and how they you know culturally how they behave and so it kind of broadens your your worldview and you're able to you know connect with more people so it it's definitely more opening for sure
0: yeah, well said. You must be proud, Pierre. I'm, I'm very proud. Proud, of Like to that
1: type of answer at
0: 24. Oh, for, sure, for sure. And I, I agree with you. I think sometimes in North America, people don't travel enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have a difficult time understanding some of the financial challenges, political challenges, just lifestyle challenges that mm-hmm. people have all around the world. And if yeah. you travel a little bit, you pick up on that and you can have a lot more empathy for different world views yeah 100 percent, yeah so and,
2: and for my wife and i you know as you know i started traveling i was 14 years old it was a value i could not conceive my our children not speaking french and english and of course I, I didn't realize i never imagined or dreamed that my kids would also be multilingual like i am so that's i'm extremely proud of both of our kids and my daughter who's 22 also in university just graduating in uh uh, what is she, in uh, nutritional sciences, uh, also speaks Spanish. She spent some time in South America like Tony did. You remember that trip we took to uh, Machu Picchu six I years I remember, ago? yeah. Yeah, we went hiking to Machu Picchu and uh, went mountain biking in Bolivia on Death Road and stuff, so that was with him. I, was, I met up with him in uh, South America, but both of my older kids are trilingual, so I'm pretty proud of them, and they're smart. So. Yeah, that's awesome.
1: And I just want to say about traveling, you know, I, I would highly recommend it to everyone because especially nowadays when it's when people are so polarized, right? I, I feel oh. like it's 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 a way to bring people closer together a bit, you know, so um, I yeah, I find a
0: lot it. of the views on real estate, money, politics, Canada, Canada. When I have a view from just my own relatives in Croatia to see they went through a war in the 90s, that might seem like a long time ago to a lot of people. I kind of remember it. Pretty, pretty vividly. So they went through a war. They went through hyperinflation. So they went, a bank shut down in Croatia last year, like in 2021. One of the local regional banks shut down. My brother-in-law who had an account there lost the euros that were, yeah, yeah. So when Canadians talk about, you know, when people talk to me about like, oh, this kind of stuff can never happen. I'm, I'm always like, ah, it's kind of like a very fortunate position to believe that that stuff can never happen because around the world shit happens a lot. And in Canada, we're kind of sheltered from it. Yeah, really totally.
2: Tom, because you know, I love your macroeconomic stuff, right? That's one of the pieces of knowledge you have, but I wonder where this is going. Anyway, we'll have a chance. No, no, to I, I think, yeah, I, I, I think have we're headed concerns. To, well,
0: yeah. When you start moving the dial on different types of, uh, of freedom, I think when Elon Musk put in his bid there that he's uh, going to buy a uh, Twitter. Twitter. He actually said now it's on hold temporarily, Right, a lot of bot accounts and trying to figure it out. (laughs) But, uh, he said, I mean, he said that standard line that I think is very useful. It's like, you know, I want freedom of speech. I want the person who I don't agree with and I don't agree with their views. And I, maybe I don't even like them. I still want them to have the ability to speak freely. Why? Because that's how you evolve. It, it makes you create, question your own thoughts exactly. and be critical thinking. Absolutely. So what Canada has gone through in the last little while here, uh, with the pandemic and the way that was handled, the Canadian truckers and the way that was handled, yeah. it's a little, it's it, it, to me, it's, it's, it's cranking up the dial a little bit. And if you don't have a world context on where that dial is headed. Yep you you kind of just accept it you're like oh well you know they were a nuisance in ottawa and it had to be done they were there too long and i'm like well. bullshit bullshit yeah i'm that like well you long. know if you if you kind of just move that dial a few more steps where are we exactly yeah 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 you know and we uh, don't
2: are impacted or violated yeah
1: and uh but thank yeah. god we have people like elon in the world i mean i think he's going to do a great job with twitter i'm really excited to see what he does with that um Yeah, me too. My only big beef with with him right now is the fact that he keeps
0: pumping that Dogecoin. That's my only (laughs) beef with him. I'm like, dude, people are going to buy that thing because you're saying it. I think to him it's a joke. It's a joke, but I'm like, you know some people are just going to kind of ape into that and just uh, regret it at some point, but... uh, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, very cool that you're uh, traveling around the world. I hope together. you don't
2: mind that I brought my son. I thought it's a great way of exposing nope. him to you guys. Like I said, uh, you got to hang out with successful people like you and your two guys and your brother. I mean, that's what it is. But yep. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for and, having me on.
0: No,
1: it's it, it's great. And now you're moving from Alberta. Yeah. To Toronto. To Toronto. So wh- why that move? Um, I came here because, you know, I, I there's a lot of opportunity here. Uh, and, you know, in, in terms of in terms of startups, this is the, the second largest startup ecosystem in North America after Silicon Valley. Um, so there's a lot of a lot of growth, a lot of new companies, uh, a lot of the greatest schools in Canada around here. Um, and there's a, a lot of businesses uh, that, that, that are taken off here. So I wanted to come to the place where I had the greatest opportunity to Find work that I like, and find people that are, you know, uh, high energy that make an impact, and uh, and I th- I think this is the best place to be right now.
2: Yeah, cool. May I add so again? I, I I'm very proud of him. He packed the old forerunner that we gave him. He's got everything he owns. He's very Spartan. Doesn't own a lot of stuff. It's got to look good. Like he's got the polo shirt. He's got the muscles <laughs> like you. Uh, everything is in the truck and he knows nobody. Well, now we've introduced him to his godparents who are just here in Oakville, but he doesn't have a plan. So he says, I'm burning all bridges behind me and I'm going to make it. And uh, I, I really, wow. wearing, and I'm very proud of him. Yes. Yeah, Not so an easy cool. feat in yeah. Toronto, right? It's a big jungle, urban jungle. It's an a urban jungle. Com- it's an urban jungle. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But I mean, you cut your teeth in Toronto, and you can cut through a anywhere. lot of stuff. You can, you're, yeah, like in New York, it, it really kind of hardened you a little bit can and make it anywhere. Yeah, I I kind of credit some of the th- growing up through that whole software industry where it was basically like if they didn't like you and you didn't meet your number, you were kind of let go. Not kinda, you were just like, hey, these American software companies were kind of vicious, right? So you didn't, you know, if you were in sales there and you didn't make your number. You were let go and seeing people get let go and seeing the, the pressure of a quarterly close and a monthly close and just learning um, was incredible. So there was a lot of like bad things I took away from that environment. But there was a lot of positives and a lot of learning I took away that allowed, I think, Nick and I to start Rockstar and help Rockstar's growth. So, yeah, the urban jungle. We can all kind of make fun of it, but there are a lot of lessons, oh, yeah. you know, you, you pull a lot of value and especially if you meet good people, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot to take. So well, uh, I thought, yeah, you know, yeah. so he's
2: good looking, he's smart, you know, and he's looking for a job. Anybody out there listening? This is Anthony Pierre Turgeon and girls uh, that are good looking and smart like him. You know, uh, he'll give you, <laughs> I like you. Look, look, look at that oh, plug. And, look yeah. That yeah plug. Look at that. <laughs> is plugging it. You go Jeez, for it. Right. Man. You go for I'll it. I'll take it. <laughs> it just. Just reach out to me. Yeah. support at multifamily investing Canada and I'll uh, link you up. Let's so let's get, into, let's <laughs> this get in let is my broker for uh, yeah. yeah, days yeah here. you're a broker more <laughs> hey, I thought you were just
0: into real estate brokerage. Uh, that too. Yeah. That too. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, everyone listening to this who's in the greater Toronto area is gonna want an update for what the heck is happening in Alberta right now. A lot of a lot of Ontario investors have, have Oh, do I highly, know that ever. Yeah, yes. so tell us what are you seeing what's the latest in your neck of the woods?
2: Well, listen, we're on the verge of a boom, finally. Uh, after six years of misery, we're on the verge of a boom. Uh, we don't have the demographic growth too much yet, but it's starting. I mean, you you know that the number that the uh, the federal government wants to bring in terms of immigrants is another 400,000 people. Where the heck are they going to go if they come to GTA? Where are they going to live, right? And We have
0: no housing here for them.
2: <laughs> well, I know that. And so in Alberta, as a matter of fact, it just so happens that we have a vacancy rate that, uh, you know, Depending where you're looking at, Edmonton, officially they'll tell you 7.5%, but actually it's actually uh, 15% because, yes, you folks listening to this don't I mean, CMHC's uh, rental market survey reports are flawed. All right, so that's a different conversation. I've I've talked to you about that, yes. right? It's uh, they call the owners and they say well, how many vacancies. They don't want to give the truth to the surveyors. So, but so we have vacancies,
0: and they're just checking buildings too. They're not checking like single-family home landlords Exca- and their well, vacancies.
2: no, no, no. They do do the differentiation between the the kind of assets. Yeah, they, they do. They do do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, maybe they don't. Maybe you're right.
0: When they're I looked into thing. it, they didn't. It was
2: Good? just multi. Oh, no, I think you're right, Tom. Not that it comes. So to on single-family. We're yeah, always yeah, like, yeah, well, I always like well this is kind of right. useless so there you go there you go there's another one of the flaws that i didn't think about but you're right so but we have vacancies and low rent and low housing costs we have it so to me we're expecting in a matter of months having a lot of ukrainians you know they're speeding up the process to bring uh, ukrainians here uh they'll come to canada and I, I welcome that so for me that's that of course you know what the price of oil is i haven't checked today but uh uh wti western texas intermediate is in the 103 four dollars a barrel uh, Western Canadian Select, that's our Canadian oil, is in the range of $92 a barrel uh, between me and you know I've been warning about this, you know that, everybody listening to this, I've said this is coming, we're going to have an energy crisis, we're in it now, it's obviously made worse by the war and, uh, with Russia and Ukraine, uh, I wouldn't be surprised the price of oil could go uh, and again it's cool to, for me to be here in your studio saying this because I predicted this energy crisis up to $150 or potentially to $200 a barrel. Not not excluded totally, but 150. I'm pretty sure it's going to get up to that. Where's the minimum for it to stay at for Alberta to be? Oh, it's way above. We're way above that minimum to break even and make money. It's in the lower range of 60%, uh, 60 percent or $60 per barrel. So we're way above that. Oil companies are making a ton of money. But the good news. So yes, a lot of fellow Ontarians are you know sold their homes <laughs> during COVID. Have a lot of cash. They come and buy homes, cash, uh, Camor. Uh, in the mountains and all of that, so a lot of money is coming. Or investing in apartment buildings uh, because values are almost half what they would be. Let's say in the Golden Horseshoe, where it's a couple hundred, bu- uh, hundred, hundred thousand dollars per y- per door, uh, you can still get decent building for one hundred eighteen, one hundred twenty uh, thousand a door. Uh, in 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 uh, in Edmonton, Calgary is always a bit more expensive because the universe r- uh, of apartment buildings are a lot smaller, uh, about a third of the size of uh, Edmonton. Uh, so you're looking at $200,000 a door and upwards, but it's still nothing like here, which is five dollars for 500000 a door for multifamily properties. So uh, finally, finally, I, I, I'm pretty sure this is the, the, the time when this is going to happen. Alberta is diversifying. You know that it's been named the, uh, the hydrogen hub of Canada, Edmonton, that is. Uh, so the, 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 the large oil companies, uh, Synovus, Canadian Natural Resources Limited, Suncor, obviously, that has a lot of offices in Toronto. Uh, they created a consortium to invest money in research and development to lower their emissions so, I mean, Anthony is in, you know, environmental sciences. He wants to work with a startup company, but I keep telling him, I understand why you're here, but the future really is in Alberta. And I know this is going to be shocking for Easterners, and you don't make it to I don't a- think it's shocking. I don't think it's shocking. Well, if you
0: understand w- what's going on with energy in the world, I don't think it's shocking. Well, you
2: and I are well-read, so that's, uh, I think, a lot of the, West- the Easterners, and I include Quebec and all that, just came back from visiting family. Uh, don't necessarily understand you and I because we travel and we're worldly. Uh, we understand and because that. we're Leafs fans, we
0: understand that, <laughs> that <laughs> we're that fellow Leaf that fans, too. right? You know, we're I'd Leafs fans. I'd be
2: more like a Habs fan, but uh, <laughs> you know, I don't uh, don't tell your, your younger brother, uh, Tony. Um, but you know what I'm saying. So I, I think, but now people are starting starting to pay a lot at the pump so for their gas. So they're starting to understand that. So it looks to me like finally uh, Alberta is understanding that okay, we cannot just ride ride the booms. We need to diversify. Uh, we've got the Amazon and high tech as well, because downtown uh, Calgary office space. Uh, the vacancy rate is uh, in the range of 27 30 percent so it has been in that range like it's not is that the range of. it's been in oh yeah wow. so so a lot of these are converted into obviously apartments but also a lot of head offices high-tech offices are moving to calgary and the reason why even the oil and gas companies were always in calgary why because we're an hour away from the mountains like you know i'm a ha- sure. an avid skier yeah. and all that and the lifestyle right and you're four hours away from uh, the mountains. so finally yes uh, we are expecting a boom absolutely and we need immigration to get out of this incredible debt that we're in. Uh, so where are they gonna send those immigrants? If there's, the you know, vacancies are non-existent pretty much across Canada, uh, I think a good chunk of them will come to, uh, to Alberta. So I'm, I'm very positive for the first time, I think, since I've been doing these uh, podcasts with you, I'm getting ready. I'm yeah, here really to awesome. attract capital, by the way. I'm at the multifamily conference tomorrow, uh, May 14th and 15th, uh, and anybody is a credited investor can reach out to me at uh, support at multifamily investing Canada. But why? Because I have not bought in six years. Because it's been a miserable six. I years. remember
0: you explaining. I remember you were saving costs. Remember all the stuff you were yep. doing to your buildings Absolutely. to try to cut costs. But to we survive? still do that. Still. Of course, you've carried that forward. Yeah. But are your okay? So, the money definitely you could see in the next few years will flow
2: to Alberta. And Is it's a going to be diversified op- the economy. I They're diversifying the economy finally, which they should have done years ago.
0: Okay, I want to ask you about that in a second. Are you, and and definitely Ontario investors have been buying property yep. in Alberta. Yep. Are you seeing people yet arriving? Like we're talking about the Ukraine. No, Are you not seeing, yet. Not yet. But we but expect you, that in a matter of months. Okay, so are job openings in the energy sector because of the price of oil starting to pop up again? Labor
2: shortages everywhere. Are they? Absolutely everywhere, absolutely. Because a
0: big thing in Ontario would be there was just so much money to be made out there. Even if you didn't move out there, you were working out there. A lot of people I know were living in parts of the greater Toronto area, flying to Alberta for two weeks at a
2: time or or weekdays and flying back home. So maybe we're going to start seeing all this kind of stuff again. I, I think so. Listen, I mean, oil companies are making a kill right we're at like I said uh, Western Canadian Select at $92 a barrel uh th- they'll train you they'll do I mean you know it's uh, we've seen and uh, Tony remember that one of my good buddies is a uh, super rich in oil and gas and uh he did a program right for you guys an investment program Tony and he took us I was a chaperon he took us to an oil rig right and the kids
1: that were there they were high school graduates didn't have a university degree where was this oil rigs it, it was
2: uh, so yeah, so talk about it, Tony.
1: It was it was a uh, um, an oil and gas stock investing club that we had in um, when I was in grade twelve in um, in high school, and uh, yeah, w- w- we did a few field trips and uh, we we got to see what it was like uh, for for these companies. Uh, we we got to go on a, on an, on a, an oil rig, um, and we went to see uh, the. We went to go to a a bank too and see how uh how how we trade stocks for these companies too. So it was. But the point I'm oh, making wow. about the oil rig, though, who was working there? They were uh, kids that had just
2: graduated from high school. They were making over two hundred thousand dollars a year, uh, two weeks shifts, like you just described. No education, so there's there's a shortage of labor. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's going to be a good time finally. And for me, of course, I would change how I invest now, because I didn't know that. I think I shared that with you. I didn't know I'm an Easterner, like people that are listening probably, well, you've got people across Canada listening, but as a true Easterner from Quebec, and I spent, as you know, a lot of time in Ontario as well, uh, I I did not understand that reality of oil and gas and the cyclical nature of it. But quite frankly, I think I've said this to you, a lot of these organizations, real estate associations, who shall remain nameless, I think failed us to warn us sufficiently about that. It's a ride. I mean, at the end of the day, Tom, it's uh, it's real estate, it's cyclical, but I, I, there was one component in the marketplace was oil and gas. And honestly, now uh, you know what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Now I follow the oil and gas like I like I said daily basis. I can structure my investments differently. Like I'm super excited myself. Tony's excited to be in Toronto, but I'm excited for this new wave because now I'm smarter investor, right? I probably wouldn't you know go to higher as high as my loan to values. I would. Lower my leverage. Uh, you know, I, I would do a lot of things differently. But quite frankly, knowing what I know now, if there's a blimp in the marketplace, like just the number of wells being drilled, I'll see it coming the next cycle. But I know it is like that. Do you know what I'm saying? But then again, I can blame myself for that. Or even CMHC, I think I said this to you the last time on the that, that I, they failed to acknowledge that risk. Okay? And just to give a hint, I mean, by the time this is aired, uh, people, it's going to be too late. But when I teach my students the numbers, I go through this pro forma. Like even the way the industry looks at these numbers, like a lot of people, like sometimes your listeners, because you know they reach out to me after these interviews. They come to me and say, What the hell? I, I, I ran the numbers. Like they, I got the operating statements from the vendor. Why the hell are my numbers not working? Because, are you sitting comfortably, all, uh, all <laughs> three of us? Some freaking numbers are missing from the pro formats that the appraisers are using, that the, the underwriters are using, and CMHC and all of that. What the heck? You know, so I teach it. This is the game you play to get your financing. But if you raise money like me, these are all the additional numbers and expense items you're going to include so that you can calculate your uh, your cash when your debt coverage ratio properly. So there's a bit of a game in that. I don't know why, but to, to, to come back to my initial point, I. I uh, as an Turner I've been in Alberta over 20 years. I did not understand the nature of the oil and gas industry sufficiently. And I said, no, no, no. I'm going to educate myself. This isn't going to happen to me another time, yeah. right? And now I'm in a it great takes, position. You have to get
0: burned badly. Like, I think for our family in 1990, when it, that was like devastating. Tell them like, what
2: the interest rate was back
0: then. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so our father was flipping properties the late 1980s. He ran a drywall company. The drywall company was actually doing really well. It was like things were booming, especially in this area. And... He started flipping properties. For anyone listening who knows Mississauga, it was north of Square One. Oh, yeah. And near that area, those, those subdivisions were built late 1980s. He was buying new construction and flipping them. And he was making more net income off flipping properties than net income from his drywall business. So all the sweat and tears and labor and inventory and and pricing, uh, you know, bidding on projects. And then he started flipping real estate. And he was like, oh, well, this is easy. Like, you know, the natural thing. The natural thing, yeah. Until? Until. <laughs> so 1990, 91 was like this interesting time. Like GST came into effect in 91. I think it was 1991 or GST came out and all that stuff. But right around 1990 there, um, he bought this one property at Mississauga Road in Eglinton. So he had others, but this one was the, the demon <laughs> property. He bought this property. It was 4,400 square feet, three-car garage in 1990 for 750000 So that's, what, 32 years ago for seven hundred fifty wow. Four months after he bought it, he, uh, interest rates, Bank of Canada said, whoa, whoa, things are getting crazy. We're going to raise interest rates. Kind of like they are now. Right. But everyone's freaking out about a half point now, right? Like half points, like, whoa. In one month they raised rates so high that TD bank to our father on the mortgage raised them 2.9% in 30 days, one month. So just under 3% in a month. So people are freaking out about a half point here. They did that in a month. So the higher end market, especially, the starter home market also got devastated, but the, but the, the high end market went immediately to crickets. Really? Like, there was just no buyers. Wow. It, it went from mayhem where people were, I remember trailers cause they were selling properties out of trailers, not fancy sales offices, that, which are essentially trailers that they kind of build out. Yeah, 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 These were literally just like construction trailers and you go in, you see some plans and you buy the house. Okay. People were lined up outside these things, buying them. People were flipping the paper. So assigning deals,
2: on the gravel parking lot wow.
0: outside,
2: outside I, of those you trailers. To explain what, he, what you mean by assignment, because people were losing their homes, right?
0: No, at that time the real estate market was going up. If okay. you got a property from the trailer, oh, you got in. Somebody yeah. was in, in the gotcha. gravel parking lot okay. saying, "I'll pay more. Okay, I'll buy that okay. paper off okay. you. Okay. You bought that house for you know seven hundred. I'll give you seven fifty right now. Let's do an assignment deal right here, right now. Right. So that's how crazy it was. Okay. But then you're right, Pierre Paul. So then what happened? Uh, four months after our father bought this particular property, luckily two others he managed to sell, uh, this one property went from $750,000 in value to, we think, four fifty. Ouch. So it was a $300,000 loss. I think that's about 40%.
2: So what year are in we talking about?
0: 1990?
2: 1990. Okay. Because interest rates in that... Uh, th- thereabouts were about 13 18 percent weren't they do you recall yeah that that was right the right range yeah Yeah. kind of in that people are complaining at what is it now three and a half yeah oh gosh yeah yeah it is all
0: relative though because if you had something at one percent and it's three and it reduced a higher rate yeah yeah but so uh they raised interest rates three percent market came down we couldn't sell the house we were only guessing it was worth 450 but we couldn't sell it because we would be so underwater with the bank we would it would jeopardize our Mississauga family, like our family home. Our dad had some leverage on it from the business. And like, so, uh, it was a bad situation. So we couldn't sell it. There was no buyers. We rented it out. Even when we were renting it out, I would go and collect the rent and stuff. We were losing as a family on that one property, about a thousand dollars a month in a deep recession when his drywall company was just coming to a halt. Like the recession was so bad. My friends and I, we just sat in my parents' backyard one summer. Everybody was working the summer before everybody was construction jobs. Like it was on fire. me, you know, maybe like Alberta was on fire. Right. And then just the next summer, we literally just all gathered in my backyard, hanging out. Nobody had work. Nobody had work. Crazy. Yeah. And, uh, and then it ground, uh, ground down real estate for six years. It just ground down. So now when I see people in the GTA, because real estate prices are settling down now and everyone's like freaking out and it's been like Maybe two months of this. I'm like, oh my gosh, are you are you possibly ready for another yep. six? Yep. Which the macroeconomic environment's different. I, I w- wouldn't expect that for other wrong reasons which we can kind of get into, but no, uh, I
2: definitely want to get a well, take seen, on inflation because you've yeah. made statements. I wonder where you stand now. Yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah. Well, it's, yeah. It's it like seems, it, it yeah. seems
1: like real estate in the GTA is really booming though, even though we're, it seems like we're, we're entering a recession. I don't, I don't know if it'll... Oh, no, it's calming down the last couple of Yeah, years. like uh, are, I
0: it. would say across the board, if you're to generalize, which is always dangerous in real estate, but if you're generalize, GTA is like down
1: 15%. Oh, okay. Like across so it is it. Down. Okay. But
0: it's down from like a super spiked high. Yeah. So then it depends. Like if you bought a property three years ago yeah you're kind of like and if you're renting out the property the rent the vacancies have not changed in fact now because rates are going up people that we know that have some um vacancies they have more demand than ever because people haven't left this area people are still here well you know what i heard
1: something crazy this week i heard that you know some uh, new construction towers that are being built in near downtown toronto were getting sold out uh, within two hours of them being on the market. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know
2: that one, but yeah, I believe it. I believe it. But it's happened in the past, um uh, pre-constructions that, that, that sell out like hotcakes.
1: It's not... Uh,
0: yeah. And then prices change. Sometimes builders decide not to go through with the completion. And it's right, just, yeah. it's, so it's, there, it's, I guess,
1: off. yeah, it's, it, you can't really generalize. I think yeah, right. it's yeah. tough. It's so yeah.
0: project by project right. and so specific to area, even in Oakville, right, Oakville's different than Toronto, totally. different than yep. Hamilton, okay. pockets of Hamilton are different. You know, downtown Hamilton's very different than by McMaster okay. and the Hamilton mountain. So real estate's such a local game, which gives, I feel all of us an advantage because institutional investors have been looking for yield or a return on money for a long time, and they're starting to pile into real estate. Like the Canadian pension plan put $845 million with a U.S. company to buy U.S. single-family homes because they're looking for returns, and real estate offers a return. But it's difficult for these people to get into the properties that we deal with because it's not liquid, it's not efficient. It's a very local game. So the local investor, you still have this advantage over institutional money because... They can't crunch the numbers like your father yeah. can crunch the numbers. They can't. They don't know the little missing details. Like we, I wanted to talk to you more about numbers, but when he's crunching the numbers, he's looking at vacancy rates a little bit different. He knows that bachelor unit that said is fully occupied is really a storage clo- closet and not a bachelor unit in yeah. that building. Yeah, it's not yeah, a thirteen-unit yeah. building. It's a, a twelve-unit yeah, building. Yeah, yep. you know, lots of small details. There's like all that. these small yeah, details yeah. that greatly affect the returns. Right. Whereas the institutional money can't pick up on those, so they buy these things. They don't know what they're doing. So it's 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 a the illiquid nature of real estate and the 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 trouble you have to go through to analyze it is actually its greatest advantage to the the small to medium sized investor right
1: This is very area specific too. If you know, if you know your stuff in that, yeah, you're more You you can gain
0: an. It's difficult for us here to get an information advantage on the equity markets in North America Mm, Yeah, because we don't have connections in the boards of these companies, which might quietly share some data on the side
1: and you know, that kind of stuff. And we don't really have access to that. We don't have access to that, but
0: that's the information that gives some of the big players an information advantage on buying and selling. But in the real estate market, we can go knock on the door across the street and say, Hey Pierre Paul, in your building here. I'm curious, how's things going? Mm. And he can say, you know what? It's been shit for six years, but this is happening, this is happening, this is happening. Don't see it yet, but it's coming. And you can, you know, you're like, Oh shit. Yep. Okay. But the institutions aren't going to go knock on someone's door and talk no. to you, Pierre Paul, about about that kind of stuff. So it's too
2: bad. It's uh, Yeah, too bad. It's our advantage. you are welcome to call me too, you know? Yeah, 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 sure. Because I did insure these larger deals, obviously. Yeah, you're like unique because you that. used to do the, yeah, the big yeah,
0: stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah for, for anyone not... Uh, familiar please recap your story just briefly for context yeah, yeah, what is, briefly, what is yeah, your past yeah, life yeah. just to you tell want everyone. me to
2: be verbose yeah okay
0: you don't want <laughs> no, me to no, say or that no, I no, met no.
2: with Yasser Arafat because I helped create PMHC Palestine oh, Mortgage God. and I Housing I Corporation forgot about that. that's my claim to who play. is you that you want even? me to say who, that I who? managed to fault management real estate department in the per region for CMHC in three provinces two territories and then I was of course an underwriter multifamily underwriter how short is that so that's what I did Yeah, I underwrote, I did all of that. It was a lot of fun. So just to repeat, yes, I work for CMHC International, helping other uh, countries set up something like what CMHC does, which is mortgage default insurance. Uh, Hence, the reason I helped, I I used to travel to to Jerusalem, pretty cool, and Ramallah in the West Bank in the Middle East uh, to help create PMHC, Palestine Mortgage and Housing Corporation, which to this day still issues uh, or insures mortgages and so on. Uh, and then I moved to the Alberta uh, regional office, CMHC's uh, Calgary office, which uh, you know, underwrites in uh, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Alberta, and uh, Northwest Territories, and uh, Nunavut, and lately uh, Yukon. So that's kind of my background. I manage default of apartment buildings. And the real estate side is when people, single homeowners uh, default on their properties, the banks have the duty to uh, sell the assets after a certain exposure on the market if they're unable to sell these assets my department would take it back. So I managed a small group of people, uh, uh, two, three employees, depending on when, uh, that were s- would be responsible to sell these assets back on the market, these single homes. I was managing the faults of apartment buildings. Here's something I want to tell, uh, Tom, and I do have a favor to ask you. I need a, a chart for you from uh, your blog post a couple of weeks ago. You know about the cycles, the interest rates, and the Bank of Canada up and down? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But uh, a, a apartment buildings to this day all right, so we've seen 2008, 2009, the Great Recession. Uh, we've seen uh, the oil crash uh, well six years ago. Now it's going up again, and now we're in the beginning of a recession. It's fair to say that we are. Uh, but throughout all of that time, people need to understand apartment buildings. Real estate is always a good asset. You keep saying this on your vlog, post hard assets, income producing hard assets. Well, apartment buildings are a few notches above that because for example, your vacancy r- risk is diluted among more units. So, you have one vac- vacant unit and a 24 unit building, your building's still operating at 96% capacity and all that. But despite all these crises and recessions, apartment buildings steady eddy during COVID our vacancy rate barely went down. Uh, there was little turnover and so on. Tenants paid their rent. So it's a stable asset for sure. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. So that's sort of my background. I, I, yeah, but I was an underwriter, multifamily family under, I did a little bit of single home underwriting as well. And I managed the default, uh, real estate department at CMHC for four years. So,
0: um, what are some of the numbers that you tell your students now that, people miss when they're looking at a, at a multi-unit you know is it is it still like to me if i was to guess it would be like vacancy rates are always kind of like a little funky. well i warned them
2: about that so definitely warn them about that and like i'm going to be on stage on sunday at the multifamily conference and i'm going to give them a bunch of multi-family investing hacks uh, cmhc it's it's good data if you compare it to other countries they don't necessarily have a housing national housing agency like cmhc but a better source of information now, that's where i'll share that talk to a property manager, uh, well-established, or, or realtors, I think you have a better sense for the actual vacancy rates in these markets. Like I said, Edmonton, case in point, uh, CMHC tells you it's 7.1% vacancy rate. In actual fact, it's closer to 15%. So that means that your investing strategy, what you do to your units, what, what does the market want? How, when you've got a 10 turnover, how do you react what upgrades do you put in to cater to that tenant?
0: Have you noticed any changes? Oh, in, absolutely. In, yeah. What, what's what? What are the current trends on? on
2: Gone what? are the carpets. Everybody wants vinyl, nice vinyl planks, which uh, it's twice the cost for me, but it's uh, three times more durable. Uh, you know, they want the nice square baseboards and lighter colors and all of that. So you do have to spend money in a nicer kitchen. So yeah, there are definitely some. So kind you have of to balconies, mod- balconies, because of COVID. That's uh, something that studies shown have shown that you needed. Oh, because of covid people want to take a puff outside or something or take a f- uh, breath of fresh air so balconies or an office space because people started working from home during covid oh yeah there are definite trends so you got to be aware of that but some of the numbers that are missing have you ever heard of uh, pests uh, bed bugs and things like that and cockroaches this is not just a, a matter of cleanliness my i'm not a slum lord but they're everywhere they're in hotels the nice fancy Oh I've had hotels. to deal with
0: bed bugs before oh my gosh
2: You're in the you're yeah uh, of course you're a real Oh my investor, gosh
0: right? right in the middle of I remember one bedroom I was in the middle of and these uh these tenants uh, this was a student rental property, and these yeah. particular tenants were back home out of the country. They were international students, yeah. and I had to get rid of these bed bugs. and I went in there, and there was just clothes everywhere. I had to pick up all the clothes, throw them in garbage bags. Yep. They were saying, hey, don't throw out these clothes and that. You know, don't throw yep. this out, and I'm like, sorry, I can't distinguish. I'll just have to write you a check for what I do wrong here. Yep. Started throwing everything out. I looked in between the mattress, scene. you know, in the mattress, yep. you can the push seams, the, the, seams. the seams, and you can yep. see those bugs. Yep. Oh, my gosh, so yep. disgusting. And and in the baseboards around the uh, around the room and I, I remember getting home after that experience in my garage at my home. I got completely freaking Absolutely. naked. I took everything off. I <laughs> threw it all in the garbage you bag. I came right. into my house naked right into the shower. You know, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't have any of this right. kind yeah. stuff enter my house. But I'm, I'll never forget, I think I called uh, Nick standing in the middle of this bedroom going, I'm just surrounded by bed bugs right now. Oh yeah. And you, they're hard to get rid of. Very we had hard. an exterminator oh, yeah. in there a couple times didn't get rid of them. We ended up getting some white powder from the U.S. that was like magical that we put around places, finally got rid of it. This is a disaster.
2: But it's common. It's common. So you won't see any of these numbers in a pro forma. Uh, Sometimes you won't see even snow removal. We freaking live in Alberta, a long winter uh, accounting, right? There's certain things that don't fit there, like uh, depreciation and amortization. Obviously, that's not an operating expense. But there are some of these numbers that are uh, just not there in the pro forma. So you got to be careful with that, right? Bookkeeper uh accounting yeah. right so yeah so i don't know why so oftentimes this is where people get shocked so you've got to make sure that uh you have a good debt coverage ratio right your your income covers your your annual mortgage payments uh with a good healthy dcr the minimum for example cmhc or conventional which is not cmhc insured financing is 1.25 CMHC is 1.2 of uh, 1.3 sorry but don't just go for the basic the the, the, the basic uh debt coverage ratio go higher because shit happens, right? It's real estate. Yep. Shit happens. So you got to cover yourself. For that. And
0: what, what, uh, what are the interest rates in this world right now for multi-unit properties?
2: Oh, Is there a gosh. ballpark? Well, do you know what? So I haven't done a deal in a while. But uh, with the, 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 the bond market lately, the last uh, three, four months, yeah, so I, I, to it's going to be about three and a half percent, four percent. It's mm-hmm. getting close to four percent. Whereas, uh, you know, uh, six months ago, was in the two percent to and a quarter percent range. Yeah, uh, so you the bond market, right? I mean, yeah, we're, we're can can like on, on rentals. 313 on a f- this morning. Yeah, is that what it is this Canada morning? mortgage bonds. Th- this morning I checked it out. Get it's it 313?
0: In- yeah. Today. Oh, Oh. wow, okay. Yeah, it was over three, came back down the last couple of days, and now it's back So over. actually,
2: let's back work backwards if we go base, because I checked it out this morning before I came here. So at 313, uh, people, usually the banks will add at least half of a percentage percentage. Uh, you know to a percentage on top of that. So 4 and 4 a little bit more. Yeah, we're like, seeing the uh, single family rental
0: rates at like 4 and a quarter. Yeah, there you right go. now. <laughs> so <a laughs> primary, back p- primary primary control. place of residence you'll get a little bit exactly. less. Yeah. Variable you can still get like maybe 2.25 after yeah. the discount that you would get from bank prime. Yeah. Um Would you, on, you not uh, get
2: out of variable right now, Tom? With, I, I, I,
0: we've always done so well with variable. Even rate. now
2: you're not worried with the, I'm the just bump not mm-hmm. going
0: up? I'm just not. Wor- I think it's so dependent on everyone's financial situation. Yeah. Like if it's your first property and you're yeah, tight, you want to lock it in. You might want a it guy to like sleep Tony but, should lock it in. Yeah, just
2: lock on. it in. If he ever buys sleep. a home, I'm not sure our kids can buy a home. Yeah, I know. unless we help them. But that's a different conversation. I'll be buying a home. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. 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 He'll yeah. be a renter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you'll lock me out. Okay. I'll
1: I'll I'll rent what I live in, and then uh, there we go. Uh, there we go. You do some buy what I rent. Do some house hacking
0: there. There you go. Um Yeah. But, but I, we've done so well with variable, variable and Pierre Paul, I think our financial situation right now, we can kind of absorb some, some shocks because if I can get variable for 2.25 today and fixed at 4.25, yeah. I Don't know, it's going to take four half point raises, which who knows, they could be coming. Um, I don't know, I, I, that's still a lot of gap, so I'll I'll risk it on the variable still. But if it was my first property and I was tighter on cash and
2: wanted to sleep at night, ah, freaking lock that thing in and just, I'm sleep surprised, at night. but I guess it makes sense. I'm surprised. We've just
0: always done variable no, but the you interest said
2: it, because we're different, we've been investing for a while, we have a greater tolerance. If it was so my first shops,
0: property yeah. right now and I was you got tight got on
2: budget and fo-
0: locked a freaking thing in yeah. because volatility is ahead, yeah. no one. I know we we were just doing a, a you know a bit of a, a, a economic update to Rockstar members, and one of the messages that we discussed is that we're like a fork in the road. We either have a pretty hard recession in front of us, or we have high inflation. Okay. You know that like choose your battle, and there's a possibility that we get both. Okay. That we get there's a possibility that we get high inflation going forward and higher rates. And that can work for the central banking system because if inflation's at twelve percent and rates are at eight percent,
2: hard assets kind of still win. And uh, yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, perma, permaflation in Bloomberg this morning. Right. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Is that is is that from this morning? Can you
0: describe what you were sharing? Yeah. What what what
2: is permaflation? Well, yeah, just read that this morning. I think it's an interesting concept. Uh, Of course, our Tiff Macklin said, oh, it's transitory. Uh, (laughs) Not so much. So obviously Bloomberg, this is an article about the US, but uh, because of what's going on, the geopolitical situation, war in Ukraine. Right. So obviously uh, supply chain issues uh lack of de- demographic growth uh what else am i missing uh what else energy uh, just energy, energy. energy of course uh costly energy transition right price of oil uh, this is not transitory this uh inflation i don't know but you're you're more you're an expert i'm not an expert i am uh, one an of your students no no, no, oh, no my, we're like, not an i'm expert. one of we're your just, students
0: but i think we have to pr- be prepared for like every it, it's weird you just have to be nimble because if we enter a rece- a hard recession here, usually the central banks cut rates. If, are you yeah. saying if? No, I think we're headed there. Yeah, I mean, please, all the data I is showing mean, yeah, that we're headed towards a recession. It's not an if, it's yeah. a way that it's When is it official? Sooner efficient? rather than later. When is it a fi- Yeah. Q1 in the U.S. was already negative. Yep. Q2, if it's negative, that means they would announce probably by July into August that it, they're officially in a recession because it'd be two quarters back to back of right. negative yep. growth. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're probably already in it sitting here right now. Right. Um, but, uh, but then you have this inflation. So some people relate it to the 1970s. We like Lynn Alden, who's a great macroeconomic analyst, oh, who yeah. approach more as the 1940s, where the central banks will try their best to keep rates as low as they possibly can, and inflation kind of will rip above it, which kind of means you could have an interesting a bunch, of, a bunch of scenarios there. You could have rates go up. But if inflation is higher than those rates, real rates... You always have to adjust for inflation. So if the you know five year rate goes up to five percent, but if inflation's ripping at 10%, the real rate is negative five, meaning hard assets and things around us are going up at 10%. Yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah. you're paying five percent, but you're still up five. Right. Because if you own a beautiful multi-unit buildings and inflation's, you know, ripping rents and, and you know, yeah, pushing everything point. up higher, yeah. then if you you could have a high rate at five percent. But it's 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 actually low because
2: adjusted for inflation, it's negative real rates. But, but right. the rate itself is rigged. Like what's in the basket? That that's a whole, other, the that's yeah. a whole other and that's a whole other thing. Because if we there,
0: if though. we talk about ten percent, like right now, if Canada is saying what was our latest print? It seven was like point eight, one or something. Or yeah, six point i seven, it, trying to remember. That was eight point something. Whatever yeah, it was, okay. seven eight. Right. Whatever the last number was that yep. came in for Canada. Like if that's what they're telling us. Let's face it, it's at least 12 to 15. Oh, absolutely. At, at, at least 12 to absolutely. 15. Percent. Look at oil. Look yep. at housing yep. prices. Look at yep.
1: food. Food, yeah. You know,
0: if you look at the price of steaks, just go into any butcher and talk to them about the price Next of tenderloin or ribeye. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I have to come out to you and... You know, well, you are overdue. That. you and
2: Tom. I, I, know, and the kids. I know, I know. We'll I, know I know, I know.
0: But, uh, but if you just look around, everyth- no, everything's going up. Yeah, so we're in that. this weird environment where I think a lot of Canadians will just get like frozen because they'll hear mixed messages they'll hear like rates are going up and they don't know what to do about inflation they don't know they should buy some hard assets and how to look at things so it's it's just a very confusing time
1: buy bitcoin buy bitcoin yeah
2: yeah there we go to, yeah oh okay. yeah but you've said it i like alone. tony more and more as oh, he's well i here. said that you I like, guys <laughs> would get along i knew that i think it's time for another shot of tequila yeah, yeah.
0: i thought you were only gonna have one shot you're another one to, well, you didn't know. you just by the way we had one
1: before starting the podcast
0: yeah yeah no. there we go <laughs> all right your your father said it loosens the tongue there, there you go, go. salute hold on let me get my salt hold on okay, okay. oh i'm all too here we go cheers thank you for this thank you for this yeah cheers
1: Oh, it's good. So good.
0: I honestly I haven't done tequila like this since my Acapulco it, days.
2: But isn't it nice it's No, it's awesome.
0: nice. Usually we were talking. Tony and I, are, we drink a sophisticated style. I'm so sorry like I brought the cheap stuff. Oh, man, no, you don't have to apologize. This is great. No, no, this is great. No, you know, high you quality
1: tequila like they have in Mexico. It's so smooth that you don't need lime. You don't you need don't, and salt. And you don't shoot it. it. Ju- yeah. You It'll don't shoot like it. will be an
0: insult to them. It'll yeah.
2: be an insult. All right. Next time. Oh my gosh. No, no,
0: this is fantastic. You don't apologize for a single thing. This is amazing. This is amazing. Let's I'm also share with everyone how you just pour tequila right over the whole table oh, here. A table that I love that. and I cherish so well, much. You've got so these much.
1: fancy
2: glasses that are uh, the weight. <laughs> don't blame the glasses. Over. Oh yeah, it's the
1: glasses <laughs> fault, right? Glasses. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah. yeah. Come on. Anyway, well, I want right. to get into the buy Bitcoin thing in, in a second here, but I just think okay. we're in an environment where most Canadians need to be ready for, you know, a very volatile rates and uh, very volatile inflation, and uh, it's 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 a tricky time. But I'm curious, you're saying yeah, ah, you I don't do think you don't think it's so tricky. Huh? You, you were saying you don't think it's so tricky. Like the environment's not that tricky. Why do why do you, why do you think I that? Did I say
2: that about what exactly what time? Because I was
0: saying like it's a difficult time to figure things out. Like inflation could go up, and it could be volatile, and rates can go up and you're thinking no that's no that's, no no i great.
2: agree with you it is tricky no 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 i think it's a very complex situation we've got a world order changing right before our eyes like as you remember i studied uh, political science with a minor in international relations and i'm looking at what's going on with the war with russia uh interest rates and uh i just don't know where the world is going with, that's interesting uh, shortages About shortages on the shelves i went to my hometown in quebec uh, Norenda, Norenda, Norenda near Kirkland Lake for those of you that know Northern Ontario and I went to the supermarket and I said there's a lot of empty shelves I said what the hell is going on well th- the sh- staff shortages I get to the cash it's a little 12-year-old kid because that's that's all they can find to to, to, to you know to man those cash registers.
1: You don't think it's supply issues? too? No, no,
2: I've asked. I've supply asked chain issues. It's labor shortages. Okay. So a lot of the stuff that we took for granted, like traveling, I mean, you know, we got the means to do that still, but a lot of people, you can't take it for granted to go south in the winter. So I'm just wondering, This the world is in turmoil. I'm reading, uh, um, of course, every time I come here, I'm always curious to see what you're reading, but um, Ray Dalio, uh, The World Changing Order, right? And- uh, yeah, Changing
1: true. World Order, yeah. Uh, well, uh, close enough. Yeah, I'm reading that one too. Pardon my French. Uh,
2: but you know, we're. Very interesting. In. Very interesting. Have you not. Uh, do you read Ray Dalio a little bit? No,
0: I've had multiple people. One person gave me this book, and I've never read the, oh, the book.
2: Oh, I think you're missing out. He's a bit verbose, I would say. There's something
0: about Ray Dalio and me that just doesn't jive. I'm not sure what it is. Oh, well. Uh, <laughs> I listen to I'm Lynn not... Alden. Lynn Alden does a good distillation yeah. of a lot of Ray Dalio's concepts, so I kind of get it filtered through Which her.
2: book I've read? You've told me to read uh, Lynn What's Lynn Alden.
0: No, no, it's she's a female. And uh, she doesn't have a book yet. She's talking about writing a book. She's absolutely fantastic.
2: I know her? It's probably one of your we, podcasts. Did, we actually did a podcast with is. her,
0: and yeah. that podcast I think it's up like sixty five thousand listens in about six weeks for us. Wow, you know because yeah, we're usually in the three hundred to six hundred yeah, uh, person listen. Okay, <laughs> a little higher than that, but not much. And that one got uh, Dennis. Last name Alden A L D E N.
2: I saw her on your podcast. Oh no, she's fantastic. Her
0: free email that yeah, she I gave, did. I did it, sign it, up it, for it. So
2: Definitely want to sign up for her. Yeah, it's absolutely absolutely.
0: absolutely fantastic and she talks about a lot of these concepts but you brought up Russia there and it's interesting because when the sanctions went in place when the, basically the, you know, the Western world said to Russia, okay, this war is broken out. And I really want to distinguish between the humanitarian aspect of what's happening and like the geopolitics. So I'm just referring to the geopolitics yep. here, like what's yep. happening on the ground to people because my own family's been through that stuff is absolutely devastating oh, yeah. when are, you're upended from your home and you don't know where you're going to go. Like Agreed, yeah. that's oh,
2: like, I give cool. money to the cost to yeah, the yeah, it, it, what it does
0: to oh. people is is, is, is yeah, just insane. Um, but but I've got a
2: question for you. I don't want to go too far from the inflation being uh, I mean, tied back to real estate. So this this article, like I said in Bloomberg this morning, says that uh, – so obviously this is a U.S.-based article. It says there's also the prospect of a sustained run-up in rents due to America's dearth – Darth? Come on, how do you pronounce that, Tony? Pardon my French?
1: Dearth, right? Dearth.
2: Oh, dearth. Right. Probably Deirth. like that lack. What does it me. mean? I lack of – uh the last sentence there's
1: also the prospect of sustained run-up in rents due to america's dearth of affordable housing mm-hmm.
2: a- and run up uh run up in rents so in rents yeah question for you let me be the interviewer for a second here we know that uh, most jurisdiction in canada so manitoba uh quebec ontario british columbia they have very strict stringent uh land or tenant legislations mm-hmm. whereby the province caps how much you can charge in rents how are you know Owners of hard assets, apartment buildings, single homes, rented out, going to deal with inflation. Is, is the province going to adjust the cap, the ceiling for yeah, rent? Yeah, I think. Do you have any so, idea how this is going to work out? Because I'm curious.
0: So in Ontario, okay. So first off in Ontario, when a property goes vacant, you can charge market rent.
2: Yeah. You're not capped. So that's where a lot of investors. But most people don't move out is what I understand.
0: Yeah. We get a lot, we get some turnout in There's single place? family homes you get. I think sometimes, uh, you, but sometimes you don't like one of our rental properties here in Oakville, actually close to where you're staying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tenants have been there now for, I guess, six, seven years and uh, the rent now looks like a complete deal at the time it looked really expensive sorry
1: does rockstar or real estate invest in what kind of real estate do you guys typically
0: single family homes okay i was to generalize you know there's pre-construction condos and there's like some people doing conversions and that stuff but general single family single family okay um but i can see a time here in ontario where they're going to cap that as well where you as a landlord have a vacancy and you're not going to be able to go to market rent in the name of housing affordability it's going to be I, I, I would hate for it to go there. I would, I, that's a horrible thing. Um, but I can see that future, you know, perhaps three years, four years, five years from now. And builders here in Ontario. So we just had Peter Politas from Greybrook here. He deals with their, uh, the money partner behind a lot, of, a lot of the largest developers here in Ontario. Actually, they do stuff across Canada and in the U.S. Okay. They're based out of Toronto. They do a ton here with the biggest developers here. And when they're going to build a condo now in Toronto... There's so many headwinds, not only in the city where residents are fighting against the development yep. of a new project yep. but then if they get through that they're mandated to have a certain amount of affordable housing in different uh, buildings yep. now the cost to pull that off has to be put to the other people who are buying the condos in that building so it increases the cost of, of the higher end rent of the higher rent. higher end building so what they're some of these builders are doing they're just walking away mm. so they're just choosing not to build the project so a lot of forced when you get to a market that is manipulated or centrally controlled, um, it, it has the opposite of effect of the intent, where the intent is to introduce more affordable housing. But when you put so many regulations and so many artificial barriers in front of developers, they just choose to take their capital this, and this deploy is it I elsewhere do
2: for rent. Now, okay, you just give me a cue for my rent, but before I get to my rent, and I'll keep it short. First of all, CMEC put yeah, 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 we're, we're going. No, no, right no, good, there. no, we're good. We're uh, good. But CMEC put out, so this is for multifamily owners, March 7th, a great program to address some of these issues, uh, but, you know, uh, whereby it's called MLI Select. So I encourage anybody, anybody interested in uh, multifamily, Uh, You got three baskets, you got one that you got so much X percentage of your units that have to be affordable. So that is for new construction as well as existing. So this is going to be a game changer in the real estate world in Canada. So that's my former employer, Sam H.C. The other basket is uh, accessibility for people with handicaps. And there's a third basket, oh, energy efficiency, right, if you're going to retrofit your building. So you can go up to 95% loan-to-value. So this is a small little down payment, right? So And I think you have to keep your units affordable for 10 years. But please look into this. But my rent is the following. You may not like, like Ray value, or you're not impressed or whatever, uh but he's successful you know how what his story is, oh my right?
0: gosh I, th- I think there's no doubt yes yeah i mean you know bridgewater <laughs> is the most successful yeah, hedge yeah, fund yeah. in the
2: world and all that but because he took together put together history of currencies which you're fond of yourself and you know civilizations and all that put that in the algorithms and, you know that's why his hedge fund is very successful but one one the other component that a lot of people that you know don't know about red is his company is also very successful why because it's based on meritocracy. My beef with society now is people expect everything from the government for free without taking all risks, right? What you just talked about, let me bring that back to what you just described about developers, the too many hurdles to cross. We have three levels of government and we have a severe, severe housing crisis, like it's insane. It's we don't have enough people for Canadians and now we want to bring in Four hundred thousand more this year like last year you know that these 400 people the thousand people that they brought in were students international students that were already in here but now this year
0: january january and february of this year is an all-time record for new study permits in canada yeah there you
2: go but the problem i have tom and i'm it's a big macro picture first of all this housing crisis is caused by municipalities too much red tape it takes too long to uh, grant building permits okay that that's and you know, it doesn't matter how fast they're not based on, uh, you know, their performance is not evaluated based on performance and speediness of granting building permits, right? Then you got the, the, the provincial governments that have, you know, m- managed the landlord tenant legislations and it's not realistic for a lot of landlords if you can't cover your expenses because you can only increase your rent so much and then you got the federal government i think now i'm going to give more credit especially this last pro- project or program by cmhc mli select again i encourage everybody to go and look it up uh but you're doing a, a bit it's of just a the effort, layers are so deep even yet. if
0: cmhc releases these things if the municipal level doesn't know. really that's allow the point. projects to be built great that it's there's a cmhc point. has these programs and then i know that's it's your the point.
1: three levels of government it's to, a a mess. to talk together they need to work together We're not and, and I'm, in the, I'm in the viewpoint of, you know, markets tend to work themselves out, usually. If, if you just let it be, you know, oftentimes with capitalism, they find, you know, markets will find the solution. I agree. A lot but we're leaning to yeah. working a lot of more socialism, my friend. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, you.
2: Start paying attention wow. to that. You, you, I agree with you, Tony. I,
0: it, it does feel like there's a pendulum swing here in Canada towards more socialism and more yeah. of that type of thinking. And I just don't know if it's like human nature, the, like Ray Dalio's book that you bring up talks about like credit cycles and the changing yeah. world order. And, and the summaries I've read of the book and what I've been told, you know, uh, ab- about the book, the, the reason I think I do, it's not that I don't like the guy. It's the reason I don't jive with some of it. And I guess I have to read the book now that you're bringing this up. But uh, <laughs> is that because the natural solution to a lot of the credit problems are this thing called Bitcoin? Yeah, it's a financial asset. An emer- a naturally emerging money is typically a naturally emerging thing in an economy. Like it's not like chosen or pointed to. And there's this naturally emerging thing, and he doesn't address it. So I feel like he's identified all the problems from what I understand yeah. of his arguments and there's this natural solution, but he doesn't like seem to point to it. So it just gets me scratching my head. I'm like, is there an alternative motive here? Like you've you've clearly articulated yep. the changing world order and some of the problems of credit yep. cycles. And then there's this solution to it and you don't seem to address it, but now you're making me, ha- you're, you're going to force me to read. Well, the, I, and
2: I, I <laughs> can see that having read the book, you're right, he doesn't address uh, Bitcoin and all that. And I acknowledge my lack of knowledge. I mean, my Tony is like, he, was, he knows a lot more than I do, but. Yeah. When I, you, you had me, well you didn't have me, but you suggest I read that book at uh, the Bitcoin standard and I quickly read it. And I agreed to me that uh, there's definitely, uh, you know, portions of it that will be, provide a solution. Where, where do eventually. you think we're headed? If
0: you had to guess with your crystal ball with inflation and interest rates, you know, over the next one year and the next five years, take a random guess. No one's going to hold you to this because we all know no one has the crystal ball, but what, what do you, what do you see coming down the pipe?
2: What you see, Tom. So I follow you. Like I said, it's uh, the, the knowledge that you have in macroeconomics and uh, you know worldview. Yeah, I'm worried. I'm worried. I think I share with you where we were staying, right, uh, in, in Oakville. I don't want to give details, but I had my friend tell Tony the story where uh, a couple of years ago, here downtown Toronto, they were counting uh, bars of gold, right, because they're worried they're like uh, Europeans and the uh, farmer ecological world industry and uh, they're worried so i am worried i don't know uh, to be honest with you i scratched my head i was hoping you'd tell me that uh, mm-hmm. i worry so i'm glad i'm investing in hard income producing assets that's my my reassurance but uh, I, I think we're headed for some kind of crisis that's yeah. what i believe and i'm glad i have what i have i have land yeah that's worth a lot of money that's in high demand like my acres where i live in in, in alberta and you know it's a Great place, uh, and I have hard income, uh, hard uh, income-producing assets to me. But I suspect we're in for some world, significant world change, where everything we take for granted, like you described, what happened to your parents back in the nineties, uh, something like that, a severe shock. Like I said, I truly believe, and you know, I'm here in your the studio. The simple math, the
0: simple math in it is this to me. This is what I always kind of come back to, and I don't know if I can credit Craig Foss for this type of thinking or this summary or what. But
2: Craig Foss, the other guy. That Greg Greg
0: Foss, he's yeah. here in Oakville. He's close to where you're staying, actually. He's a good guy. He's oh, actually he's in the a, U.S. He, right he, now. Is that a book? No, no. He traded bonds here in Canada for thirty oh, years at the institutional level. Bonds. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I like the summary that there's there's about you know three hundred trillion dollars of debt in the world. The GDP of the world is, you know, whatever we're going to call it, 80, 80, you know, 80 trillion or whatever it's, if I'm going to kind of round up here a little bit, but it's about a four to one ratio of debt to economic activity or GDP. So if the, if, 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 if it's a four to one ratio and the interest rate on the debt, if you just average it all, because some is lower, some is more is 3%. That means after one year, that four becomes 4.12. Okay. For the, the gap between the debt and the economy to stay the same, you know, at that four spread, four to one, that means the economy would have to grow at 12% for it to, to become, become 1.12 for the gap just gotcha. to be the same. Gotcha. Right? Because it's four to one. There's a,
1: you know, a spread. They keep going up at the same pace. Yeah,
0: just to kind of keep that same pace. And everyone can argue with the details here and the mathematical kind of, you know, it's a little different on how you want to look at this. But in general, that's kind of a nice summary. So when I look at that, if the economy has to grow at 12% just to keep pace with the growth of debt, When's the last time we ever heard of GDP growth at a steady 12% growth? 12% is huge. 12% is absolutely huge. 3% is huge. 3% is huge. 12% is unheard of. So to do that, we just need inflation. Which means to me, we are looking at at least 12% inflation, no matter what the government tells us. Or if they want to make the delta or the difference between the economy and the debt look better... And they want the economy to grow faster than the debt, it would mean to me that we need a growth or inflation rate, not 12%. We need 15%. We need 20% for the economy to start growing artificially, you know, at, at a rate faster than the debt is growing. And if the interest rates on the debt go up and it's not 3%, well, what the heck happens then? You have to grow even faster. And I'm telling you, when they raise rates right now, emerging markets who have debt that's payable in U.S. dollars, well, they now need more U.S. dollars to pay the debt because the interest rates are going up. Well, then now they have to go hunt for U.S. dollars. And it drives up the cost or price of U.S. dollars relative to every other country, which means the fiat dollars of the Canadian dollars and all other countries when you look at it compared to the US dollar, it's, we're going to start relatively lo- It
1: goes down. It goes yeah.
0: down. Yeah. So we're living in a world where Canadians better understand this math. If you want to travel and you want to do things or you want to buy some Bitcoin.
2: So the solution yeah. is Bitcoin. Is that the point you're trying to me, make? To me,
0: I mean, you kind of, if you say the solution is Bitcoin, a lot of people can easily label you as like, oh, there's another Bitcoin person. But when I look at all the factors here, I want something that is scarce. I want something that has all these characteristics of money that Bitcoin That's
1: decentralized. Has,
0: decentralized, permissionless, censorship yeah. resistant. I want all these factors in my money. So if I can have a combination of if this world, because how are they going to get twelve or fifteen percent? This is gonna be nasty. If I have some real estate and some land in Alberta, like you're talking about Pierre Paul, and, and some 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 real estate at least it's in my name. Yep. So if the government's going to come after it, they can't just like shut down my login to my online trading account for the health of the system. Because I could see one day in Canada where they're like, credit markets are getting a little crazy Canadians for the health and safety of our financial system here in Canada. We're just going to ask that you don't do anything in your bank accounts. And you know, if you need a little bit of money, you're allowed to take a bit money, but let's just for about a week or two, let's just kind of Limit you a little bit because it's things are getting a little crazy. What I like about real estate, it's that I'm out of the system. Hmm. My tenant owes me the rent. Yep. They can pay me the rent directly. If the government wants to tax my assets, at least it's in my name. I get the income first. Yep. If they tax me, they have to come after me. I know that sounds a little crazy for people listening, but I like it. <laughs> like They have to like chase me and I'm in control. Yeah. I own the asset. My name is on the title. You can sleep well at night. I can sleep those assets. well. Yeah, I can sleep well at night. And I love controlling a stream of cash flow because if the economy is getting difficult in any way, I want streams of income yeah. pouring into yeah. my life. And then if I can have some Bitcoin that is even maybe a step further, it's a bit global. It allows me to keep some of my my savings out of the system. For me and my family, it seems, it would almost seem irresponsible of me at this point with all the research that I've done not to have some Bitcoin. So the mix of real estate and Bitcoin to me is very, it, oh, this is going to sound so cheesy. Like it gives me hope. I feel like, oh, yep. this is the mix for me. Doesn't matter what happens in the world because it looks like chaotic ahead. It looks chaos. Very uh, chaotic. Chaotic. This allows me to kind of sleep easy at night. Mm. I feel like I'm just...
2: No, but I, I, I so... I don't know as much as you know about Bitcoin as you and Tony uh, but instinctively I know you're right reading the books uh, you know the Bitcoin standard and all that I I, I know in my gut it is, Sooner or later, it's a matter of time. It's not a matter of if, but I know I don't have the details of your investment portfolio. But you invest in gold, you diversify your investments, right? You protect yourself.
0: Yeah, right? I think uh, we're just yeah maybe control I,
2: I, I think uh, was it Steve Szeretsky, right? I don't know if you follow Steve Szeretsky on the West Coast, but I don't know
0: him well, but I know who he is. Oh, he's
2: very credible. Yeah. I think you'd want to subscribe to to him as well. But yeah, I think uh, I you're you're ahead of me, but I do want to follow a Bitcoin tone. But, but
1: I, so I, I don't think it's because we're control freaks. I think also there's huge gains to be made with crypto I think it it has too much well some of them actually not all of them but some of these projects have incredible value like Bitcoin is a, a tremendous store of value um, and you know with with uh, these other platforms like ethereum and Solana I mean there's it's it's too valuable to, to, to you know right now we're in, we're in a downturn in the crypto markets but uh, I There's no doubt in my mind that it'll go back up because it's too valuable not to to be adopted by by the mass population. Yeah, a lot of
0: brain power is going into the space. A lot of brain power. But on your, your father's talk about Alberta, this is what's interesting to me with Canada and Alberta, is that when Russia had those sanctions put on it, the Russian ruble collapsed because everyone's like, well, holy smokes. Russian ruble is going to hyperinflate away. It's a worthless currency. And then Russia said, and this is where I want to separate the humanitarian from the geopolitics, like we discussed when Russia said, well, you know what? You guys need energy. How about you pay us in Russian rubles? And in the last few weeks, I don't know if you've seen what's happened to the Russian currency. It's now stronger than it was against the U.S. dollar than before the war started. Okay. Okay. So it started to hyperinflate away. And then Russia said, hey, hey, hold on. And about two weeks ago, Italy said, ask the EU for clarification on paying for Russian energy, natural gas in rubles, because they, I guess, wanted some energy. And I guess they were on the verge of trying to get some and pay for it in rubles like Russia was asking. But the EU was saying, no, 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 no. Then two days later, it comes out, and I, I don't know if I can 100% verify this, but I did see the news article on it that Italy did go ahead
2: and buy, and buy in, rubles.
0: in rubles. Okay, And the Russian currency is now stronger than it was before the sanctions went in place, um, or sorry, before the war started. So coming back to Alberta, if I compare that, the power in a currency system, in a petrodollar system, a lot of people will argue, well, it's either the, you know, the, the dollar, the paper dollar, and it's, you know, the, the the U.S. that backs, you know, supports that through its military and its yep. geopolitics, or it's the actual energy, the commodity. The, and if you're Russia and you have the commodity, you seem to have won a little bit of a battle. You're like, well, if you want energy to, like, heat your home and, oh. you know, fu- fuel your economies, you're going to do what we say. Right. And or... Sorry, or build pipelines or the, and then the, and this is where I'm coming back to Canada. <laughs> Canada yeah. is like in this very unique situation where yeah. we have like a lot of like, and After you'll know resources. better than me, but I'll call it trapped energy. Like we have these like right. awesome sources Absolutely. of trapped energy, Alberta, maybe
2: I know it's not fully trapped, but there could be more pipelines going oh, yeah. to the and coast. Clean, and clean to- Tom, let me make a point the last decade. Canadian oil, like Western oil companies, have reduced their emissions by 30% the last decade. And now, like I told you earlier, they created a consortium to improve that number. It's the cleanest oil on earth. We won't get to you know, zero net uh, you know, emission by 2030. It's physically, scientifically impossible, nowhere possible. And, and ima- so those.
0: imagine we had a leader here who started to get pipelines built. I know there's energy even on the East Coast and St. John's oh, as well. So, so there's energy and in oil St. Oil St. Well. St. John's and yeah, uh, out yeah. east in Alberta. Imagine we had pipelines kind of built to be able to share this oil, or, never mind internationally. Just to, to to fuel Canada, right? <laughs> Let's just talk right. about like we don't have to import anyone else's oil because we have enough energy right. here. We if do. we could check that box off first, and then we could sell some of yeah, our yeah. We need em- the
1: infrastructure first. We need, we need, the- need refineries. We need pipelines. Yeah.
0: And if you yeah. just and look at the examples of what you know, where the real value in an economy is, it's the it's it's the people who have the
1: energy sources. Right, and I mean I'm all for you know clean clean energy and the transition to, to, to renewables. But I mean, it's not realistic to, to to drop um to drop fossil fuels overnight. It's it's absolutely not realistic, and it'll take some time. I think we should take this opportunity to uh to to grab the resources we have, use those resources, and perhaps finance uh, some other initiatives that that are more sustainable. But I think it's unrealistic to just stop cold turkey, stop all the investments going to oil and gas. I don't I don't think it's sustainable either.
2: Twenty four years old. It's pretty great. smart, eh?
1: Yeah, it's great.
2: I had good <laughs> teaching from Dad once in a while. <laughs> good indoctrination oh, here and there. Boy. We'll
0: start. To, so, Pierre Paul, we'll, we'll start. What do you? Th- this is going to go out on Tuesday of of yep. next week. So, the, this conference will uh, will have passed that you're here for. Yeah. But like, what are you up to right now? What are you What are you no, doing? I'm tell in, tell uh, us.
2: Yeah. What's I, going on? No, I'm super stoked, uh, Tom. So I, I'm a little behind in my projects, but some of the project like I'm I'm here to. Uh, attract capital i'm still studying my courses probably going to wind that down to some extent they're very successful successful as you know but uh, i'm here to attract capital to uh acquire more apartment buildings in alberta and so you're
0: I'm, directly doing joint ventures or yeah. what structure are you attracting capital uh, i'm in? still
2: dwelling on the structure i like CMHC given that interest rates are going up as you may recall going cmht route it's a pain in the butt but that's my area of expertise but you pay uh, interest rate one percent lower so as uh, interest rates are rising it still makes sense and since it's my cup of tea but you know oftentimes people don't want to provide personal guarantees i'm still toying around with the actual business model whether doing a uh, GPLP model. There's some cost to that. Uh, it's a little bit more complicated, but it's not a bad model. So I'm not uh, I'm not excluding that model, but you don't even have to go there. For example, if you go CMHC route to pay a lower interest rate, uh, you can go 65% loan to value, and the loans are considered non-recourse. So that means that your investors don't have to provide, or nobody has to provide, personal guarantees, which is something that scares a lot of investors, right? Uh, but it could end up being a GPLP. I'm still toying around the idea. I'm actually going to test the pulse what what investors are telling me this weekend that's kind of what i'm doing so that's one thing i'm doing but definitely uh, we're on the verge of a boom values are still low because of the high vacancies across Canada, like I said earlier, I think we're going to have a lot of immigrants and Ukrainians coming. So through. you finally like what you're seeing in Alberta after, after six, six years, years of You came in here the last yeah. few times with I'm, your like with shoulders my head down, down. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Uh, the other thing that I want to do, because obviously you and I, well me more than you, are getting a little bit older. We want to slow things down a little bit. So I've been uh, delaying getting my mortgage agent license. Uh, so I'm going to do that in the next month and a half. Oh wow, cool! Yeah, well, it's kind of a—I mean, I train mortgage agents. They come to my workshop, which is insane. Why I have not gotten my license? Uh, so that's where I'm at. So that I would take files, uh, you know, from across Canada. I haven't figured out which, uh, you know, mortgage brokerage uh, firm I'll end up with. But oh, you'll be great at that. Yeah, yeah. coming well, from the investor this, background and with your CMC background, exactly. So uh, that's what I'm doing, just to start slowing down and. Uh, yeah, we're at the phase where, you know, our kids, Tony's not home anymore. We have one last child, 17 years old, who wants to join the military in the fall. So we're oh, going to wow. be empty nesters. So time to think uh, differently and scale down. Simplicity. And, you know, enjoy the empty nesters
0: stuff is, uh, yeah, my, so my daughter, now, my son's 20, you guys just met, yeah. and my daughter is now 16, and I'm like, wow, like... You know, it's weird when you just have uh, time on your hands yeah. and Carol, yeah. Carol and I are like, oh my gosh, like, hey, let's Carol, go. that's not
2: a very talented sounding name. No,
0: well, her father is uh, Canadian through and through. Like, yeah. uh, her father was actually invited, uh, he was a widower, and had carol when he was 59 years old okay he okay. was actually invited to try, to try out for the toronto maple leafs oh cool but it was the great depression in that time okay. and he's like oh i gotta work on the farm so he okay. didn't go okay. to try out can you imagine what an era right hey like no. do you want to try out for the toronto maple leafs sorry i gotta, I gotta, work, work, on the I gotta work on the farm <laughs> <laughs> i gotta make some money i don't think they were the toronto maple leafs weren't paying very much wow, but that people that can check me
2: out tom um, at uh, multifamilyinvestingcanada.com make, repeat that repeat that mick multifamilyinvestingcanada.com and see what i'm up uh, i sell my courses still, re-recording the entire, like, more technology, not as fancy as yours but quite a few notches up from the initial uh, course that I did, so I'm re-recording that with uh, higher technology, more user-friendly technology, so...
0: I actually saw an image I don't know how online somewhere of your setup at home I yeah, guess with I a, a big computer yeah, in yeah, front yeah. of you and a laptop yeah. you're you're not you're saying you're not high tech well that, not that looked very high like here th- that, uh, this this video, looked, but it's
2: somewhat similar no, have no, no, got no. a couple cameras I'm getting there
0: so your courses that I know you might be whining now but everybody gives you just like glowing reviews about your multi-unit investing stuff that is available at multi-unit and, invest- and I'll tell you
2: what very spontaneously for rockstar members I've got a, a deal going on now thousand bucks off people on, listen on- to demand. this
0: people listen to this across Canada. All right. So, so uh,
2: for the on-demand course, which you're going to get the next iteration in June is when I think the re-recording will be done. You can get it for 14.97 plus GST because it's online. So only I'm uh, in Alberta, only GST, so not H- HST. Uh, I'll give you a thousand bucks off. And you'll get all the future grids, including the one in June. So that's just completely spontaneous. I didn't plan uh, this. So if first.
0: someone wants to learn about how to analyze Tell deals. Tell me
2: you're a, a rock star member, and I'll give you the discount for the on-demand course.
0: And that's at Multi-Unit Investing no, Canada. No,
2: Multi-Family Investing Canada. multi Mic. Mick. Multi-Family Investing Canada dot com. Mick. Acronym.
0: Multi-Family Investing Canada dot com. Yeah.
2: And I'll give you that. That's just completely spontaneous, but uh, for Rockstar So members, on the site, uh, they can reach
0: out to you and say, I heard you yeah. say that, but there's going to be more than Rockstar members listening to this. Does just so you know. Someone listening to this podcast good. can reach out to you absolutely. and get that. And then, so that's your courses. And everyone who's taking your stuff always comes back raving about your stuff. I'm, I'm being serious because we have people who take a lot of different real estate stuff, your stuff. Everyone just absolutely raves about you going into such detail.
2: And I keep improving it, Tom. I'm doing it right now because you know it's the 10,000 10, hour sort of... Uh, Malcolm Gladwell book you know I keep every time I get up on stage or I, I do a workshop I keep taking notes and improving upon it like one of the things we do is more case studies uh, but I will wind down that I'm not trying to you know market this I, I am trying to wind down that aspect of it a little bit less workshops and uh, I still do the virtual I don't have a date had a very successful one in March but you
1: mean in personal workshops
2: well, or virtual, right? I may do a personal one, people ask me, but people seem to like the virtual one because of the fancy technology that I sure. use. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so absolutely.
0: And then uh, the raising money, you're just looking f- to do more deals. And if more you deals, connect with somebody...
2: investors, we usually go for half a million per investor. Uh, I don't want uh, small amounts, 50 grand. Uh, we don't want to have a ton of people. Uh, some of them are for existing, stabilized properties of mine. Some investors want out. We don't want to sell the assets because they're fully stabilized, no capex, and all of that doesn't make sense. How do people reach out to you for that? Same, go to the so, website and uh, yeah, use the contact yeah, us support kinda. at multifamilyinvestingcanada.com. support. Just the rest of the, my uh, uh, you know website support at multifamilyinvestingcanada.com. If they the you know good news about investing in an existing property, uh, the, the property are stabilized. I don't have capex. I'm not a slumlord. I do spend the money, even though the times are hard. I know what's coming up. What you, you know tenants want, and I put in the money and some some investors uh you know are tired or they're a different place in their lives so there's that plus new acquisitions but we're on the verge of a boom
0: it's great to see you with this energy after the last few times you visited here it's great i'm happy for alberta (laughs) i'm happy for you i'm happy for alberta great to meet tony Thank you for the tequila. Yeah. Thanks for the salt and the limes. Just for everyone listening, you didn't come just for the tequila. You brought in the salt and the uh, limes. You were course. fully prepared. So I so really, really, <laughs> really appreciate that. And Tony, anything you ever need, we're here. You can find us here. Awesome. Awesome. Well, okay. I, I'm going to... Hey, thanks a lot for having me on. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What's
2: your next event? Because I want him to sign up. I said, you got to you gotta know these dudes. Yeah,
0: yeah. And uh, now we get a bit of a break. Our next large event's not until the fall. The fall.
2: Okay. Yeah, yeah. But I'll, I'll have him sign up for your, uh, yeah. for your blog. We're
0: booking Croatia. We're booking our... Yeah, We're going out
2: on the Adriatic going to Croatia thank you for all that information That's right, yeah. we might go actually to Italy south of Rome I don't know well south of Naples I don't know as much so uh, oh, Malfi
0: my, Coast I can't blame you that is a
2: beautiful yeah. part. have you
0: been to the, that part of Italy no that's oh.
2: south of Naples I've never been and oh. I speak Italian I think you remember that so yeah. I look oh forward to that oh my gosh what that's Sorrento
0: is down there yeah, yeah. I've
2: that. been to Sorrento though oh uh, Sorrento uh, is like one of my yeah. favorite places in Italy oh yeah it's Italy. gorgeous the big orange trees oh the my god side of the street now it's gorgeous yeah. Vesuvius yeah. and Pompeii yeah well listen th- listen thank you for your friendship you and uh, you know Nick are fantastic guys I always enjoy these it's joy being here yeah thank you guys appreciate it guys all right
0: cheers Hey everyone, hopefully you enjoyed that talk with Pierre Paul and his son Tony. You can reach Pierre Paul at multifamilyinvestingcanada.com That's multifamilyinvestingcanada.com And the email address is support at multifamilyinvestingcanada.com That's support at multifamilyinvestingcanada.com And if you want some local Greater Toronto Golden Horseshoe, Ontario-based real estate investing information, you can always visit rockstarinnercircle.com. That's rockstarinnercircle.com. That's it for this episode. Until next time, your life, your terms.